sunshine. My name is Jimmy Thomas. I serve as church administrator and the nursery director. I also lead alongside Danielle Runyon for our art life group. Today is day six of our 21 days of prayer and fasting. We made it this far. We've, we've, we're encountering God more and we're digging deeper. I encourage you to continue praying for the five areas that pastor has asked us to pray for during the fast. Our nation, families, finances and career, church and revival, and for wisdom and direction in our lives. Today we will be talking about culture of grace. Not the mentality that we can sin and it is forgiven by grace, but that grace that when we can we do anything we desire to do it to the glory of God in excellence. For the other perfectionists out there, like me, this is not about perfection. It's about in excellence. Using the strength and abilities God has given us to accomplish things that we never thought we could. Because we are doing it with God, not on our own. When I think about grace, I many times tie it to mercy. Since God's character shows both of those things so often, yet grace and mercy can feel so far out of my reach many times. The definition for mercy, compassion, or forgiveness shown towards someone who is within one's power to punish or harm. Not getting what we deserve. In God's mercy, he forgave my sins. I'm so thankful for this. The definition for grace, free and unmerited favor of God as manifested in the salvation for sinners and bestowal of blessings. But what I could never deserve, that's what it means to me. Grace is getting what I could never deserve. So I have a scripture that really um, touches my heart. Romans 5, 1 through 2 states, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. In case you um, want to know where I'm reading that from, I read from NIV version. Um, Through God's grace, he saves us. He adopts us. He makes us co-heirs to Jesus Christ. We get to be a part of a family, something bigger than ourselves. Receiving Receiving that grace requires action. It certainly does for me. I have to accept the grace. And a lot of times for me uh, personally, that, that's really hard to accept that God forgives me. Not holding on to the shame, not holding on to um, the hurt, but allowing God to fully heal me through that grace. Knowing that I can never deserve grace also requires action. I have to stop trying to earn it. There is no service that earns grace. He gives it to us freely. Accepting and not striving are very active processes, at least in my life for sure. 
I have a quote in my room that says, I choose to believe in God's magnificent grace, his awesome timing, and his tremendous favor, and not in luck or fate. I love this quote. It reminds me um, that his grace is unfathomable. I, I don't understand it. And his timing is far better than mine. And even though sometimes I, th- I try to control that timing or I get very impatient, I have to remind myself that his awesome timing is, is with all knowing and all understanding, seeing the future and knowing what is best and what the promises of blessings are for me. He has tremendous favor over his sons and daughters. And, and you and I are so blessed by this. We're so um, encouraged by this. Sorry, I, I want to finish the quote. It says, I choose to believe in God's magnificent grace, his awesome timing, his tremendous favor, and not in fate or luck. It's not fate. It's not luck. He chose us. He decided he wanted to give us grace. Ephesians 2 also talks about grace, not you know, given, not earned. We can't earn it. So ways that I try to live in the empowerment of grace. So we get grace no matter what. God gives that to us. But there's an empowerment that we can live through that grace. Not just stepping into grace. It's, it's going further. It's digging deeper. It's having a deeper relationship with God. And so I've written down these six steps of living in the empowerment of grace. Number one. Allow God to change what he wants. That's definitely a hard one. Sometimes we like to be in charge or we'll just give pieces or parts of our life that we will allow God to change. Number two, accept grace daily. We are not perfect. It takes daily acceptance of grace. Number three, allow grace to mature through practice. You know, there's a saying, practice makes perfect. That's not the same in this. Practice makes Jesus. When we practice, we get closer to him. We get closer to to showing that we have Jesus inside of us. And so the more we practice, the, the closer relationship, people will see Jesus in us. So that number three, again, allow grace to mature through practice. Number four, release the need to control. Okay, for anybody that knows me, this is the one. This is the one that's hardest for me. I will give my um, testimony a little bit of it here shortly, just so that you guys kind of understand the backstory of why I feel I need to control things. But when we release that control, we take a burden off our shoulders. We allow God to be in control, and we get to sit and rest and watch the amazing things that he has Um, for us. Number five, spend time with God in prayer and Bible study. You know, in the beginning, it was really hard for me. I I don't like to read. And so the YouVersion Bible app has been an amazing um, tool for me to be able to have some of that stuff read to me and, and get to dig deeper with other people and have, you know, Bible plans. So I, I definitely encourage that. And then number six, live openly in a community with the body of Christ. 
when I first started going here, um, most all of you that know me think I'm so outgoing and I don't have fear to be around groups, but the reason why I, one of the reasons why I began to work with kids is because I didn't feel judged by them. And I could be the goofy person and have fun and and not feel judged. So I, I was intimidated to go to any kind of adult life group. And I know God kept tugging on my heart, and I finally was able to sit in on beautiful. Even to the point that I would stay with the kids in nursery and just until beautiful started so that I didn't have to have conversation or didn't have to be vulnerable with anybody um, until right when beautiful started. And, and that's changed. God has changed that for me. I love to be in community with people, hear their stories. Um, there's been times that, you know, I, I see a person, but I, I don't know who they are. And I want to learn more about who they are and who's God, who God has called them to be. So from trauma as a child, um, it caused me to live most all the rest of my life feeling like I needed to be in control of what I couldn't control as a child. Once I released that control to God, it was a game changer. I have found healing through the grace of God. He has broken off chains and a weight that I thought I was doomed to always carry. In my family now, I can let him just take those burdens, knowing he is f- has a far better plan, for sure, than, than I could ever have. That he has a far better plan for my kids than I can ever control them into or even um, imagine for them. One scripture God placed on my heart is 2 Corinthians 12, 9. And this is the NIV version. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses. So that Christ's power may rest on me. In some of the worst times, in some of my weakest times, I could call on him. I could call on him for grace. I could call on him for his strength because I couldn't do it. So I ask you all, what are you holding on to? What are you controlling that is blocking you from brokenness to receive complete healing from God? I just want to end this in encouragement. Um, if If you feel like you're at a point that you're at your weakest. God lifts you up. He is your strength. He will take you out of that moment. And you'll be able to look back and be in awe of the transformation. I encourage you to um, journal, to write those things down, to write the vulnerabilities, to write the weakness, the things that um, you struggle with. And just ask God, what do you want me to use in this? What What do you want me to get out of this? What can I do better? He listens. He loves us. He's our friend. And believe me, if for some people it may not be audible, he'll show you. He'll show you signs. He'll give you little um, things that will remind you that he's always there. So I just want to challenge you to to do that journaling, and I just want to end in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we're just so graciously coming to you. In awe of your power and your love, your faithfulness, you continue to be faithful and pursue us every single day. 
thank you, God, for your grace that we, we don't have to live in the things that we've done, but we can move forward. And when we have those setbacks, God, you, you lift us up. You, you put your hand under our chin and you lift our heads. And you say, son and daughter, I love you. I just pray over everyone that's fasting. Um, this is the sixth day, God. I just pray that they hear and see and dig deeper with you, God, that they, they see the signs that you're giving. And I, um, in the name of Jesus, with the blood of Jesus over their bodies, I just rebuke any distractions. I rebuke any um, schemes of the enemy to try to take us away from these promises and these blessings that you have for us in these 21 days. God, we just come to you um, in vulnerability and in respect and in, in honor of who you are and who you are guiding us and leading us to be. Lord, we love you. It's these things we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So glad you guys joined me today for day six, and I look forward to Uh, more days to come. I love you so very much. You guys take care and have a wonderful day.